From Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. What are we learning about the coronavirus pandemic in terms of keeping ourselves and our families safe and prepared? Chris Dunham is speaking about that with me. He's the Director of Emergency Management at Upstate. Thank you for your time, Chris. Oh, thank you for having me. What lessons have we learned from this pandemic so far, sort of in terms of the hospital's emergency preparedness? Um, for us, this is a situation we've been actually preparing for for many years. Um, what's interesting now with COVID is um, really the reaffirmation of our working with our local response partners, the county, the state, um, and everybody. Um, and also what's interesting for us is the power that social distancing has to really flatten the curve. It's helping tremendously. And so that's the practice of keeping a distance from yep. people that aren't part of your immediate household. Correct. Correct. So you think the numbers would be higher if people weren't doing that? Oh, absolutely. Um, we've actually modeled some of the worst case scenarios and the, the numbers would be just tremendously higher. Can you describe the role of incident command and explain what that's been used for? Sure. Incident command is a process. So it is a way in which a large organization, um, even counties or states for that matter, can mobilize resources quickly and effect as effectively as possible. For us at SUNY Upstate, we've done incident command activations during, I would say, smaller events, but certainly not less critical. So like if we happen to lose power in a certain section or if we, you know, a, a water main broke where we'd lose water for a certain amount of time, we would activate incident command and, and move resources and patients and staff and equipment to places, uh, locations that would need it most. So uh, we would have uh, like a winter storm where we knew we'd get significant snowfall. We would mo move people and resources to the departments we had to keep open. So it, the challenge with a hospital is, is, is we can never close. We can't, you know, put a sign on the front door and go away. We always need to be open to help our community. And I know that you um, practice the incident command with drills different times of the year. Have you ever had a practice drill that looked at pandemic response? Yes, actually. Um, we've done some large-scale drills um, with pandemics, but certainly not to the extent that we've been confronted with with COVID. We've learned a lot of lessons, especially with preparing for the Ebola uh, outbreak that happened a few years ago that definitely helped us in terms of infrastructure and education for our own employees. What's really interesting for us is that the, the policies and procedures that we've had to create in response to COVID uh, being a novel uh, virus has been just a tremendous uh, learning experience for everybody. So what have been some of the biggest challenges for the hospital? Because I know operations haven't been normal, quote unquote, for a while. I mean, visitors are not allowed. There's things like that. But um, what are some other examples of changes and challenges? Uh, for us, the biggest, one of the bigger challenges were resources. So PPE, the personal protective equipment, getting that in enough supply so that we can continue to do what we do has been a challenge. And so far, our folks have done a great job of it. Um, we've also had to kind of develop new ways to do things. Um, something as simple as walking into work for our staff, we needed to identify, okay, what's the process that we check them? Um, what happens when somebody doesn't get checked out okay? How do we do this? We also needed to control how, how much uh, 
personal protective equipment we burn or use on a daily basis. Um, supplies at the first part of this um, pandemic were very scarce. Um, and we were blessed with a, a larger than normal stockpile of stuff that we saw. We had the foresight to purchase just before things started really going um, going away overseas. But even that, we we had to identify, okay, you know, we have to curtail the elective surgeries to save the burn rate. We have to kind of close certain areas and departments. And it's been a, a very interesting process on how we determine okay, we can do this, but not that. And then when certain things change, we go back and things like that. It's, it's, been, a, it's been a great experience. Well, I want to talk to you about sort of uh, changing and, and looking at how individual families have reacted. But first, let me remind listeners, this is Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, talking with Chris Dunham. He's the Director of Emergency Management at Upstate Medical University. And we're talking about lessons learned during the pandemic. Now, Chris, you and I have spoken previously about emergency preparedness, and certainly mm -hmm. central New Yorkers are conditioned to be prepared for things like blizzards or bad weather. Um, this is unlike any disaster the community has tried to prepare for, right? Right. It, it, it's very interesting on the scope and scale that this has impacted our community. Um, and I think for the most part, uh, you know, the vast majority of people are really paying attention to the scientists and the people who are making the recommendations, which will keep us healthier. Um, pre preparing the public for this, I mean, you know, you'd say the word global pandemic a few years ago, and it, you know, that was the stuff of movies. Um, and, you know, a lot of people don't think about that in their daily lives, and why should they? Um, so this has been kind of an interesting eye-opener for, I'm sure, a lot of people. Um, what, what, do you think, what do you think the community has done right during this pandemic? Uh, social distancing, certainly the communication piece, um, uh, not unnecessarily showing up to the emergency departments unless they need to. I also think, too, um, wearing masks in public. A lot of people have taken heed, and it's it's been great to see. Um, certainly the focus on hand sanitizer and things like that and using that in public has been good. Um, social distancing, um, you really can't go anywhere without seeing signs reminding people and, and also, you know, maybe tape on the floor of where people should and shouldn't possibly stand. Um, I think that's a really interesting for me, very interesting to see how well businesses and local folks have taken some of the lessons to heart and really made proactive steps to ensure that folks are as safe as they can be. So we've heard talk that perhaps um, this virus may um, kind of dissipate a little over the summer months, but that there's the potential it could come back in a second wave in the fall. So I wanted mm -hmm. to ask you, how can we, what should we do now? How can we be better prepared if there's another surge? Um, what do families need to do now so that we're ready? Well, I, I think, it, you know, certainly uh, keep a supply of, of face masks on hand, whether they be, you know, bandanas or what have you. But just be aware of your surroundings. Be aware of your situation. Um, if a second wave does occur, and, and right now, we, we're not, I don't think anybody's entirely sure that a second wave will or will not occur. There's a lot yet to be uh, thought about with this virus or at least discovered. What is important to understand is, is if you see and hear of 
reports from um, good sources that say, you know, like Department of Public Health or, or, or even the hospitals, you know, hey, that we're seeing an uptick in, in increase in these cases, then, then you might want to start social distancing a little bit or certainly if you're in one of those high-risk groups, um, you know, make, take special precautions. Maybe don't go to, uh, you know, stores with a lot of people at once um, and kind of do that. So when this first um, kind of came to light, toilet paper was in short supply, <laughs> baking supplies, yeah. uh, you know, some yep. uh, canned goods and things. I mean, and some of that's starting to come back, but do we need to sort yep. of stock up now? Um, no, I would certainly toilet paper was a little bit of what they're calling panic buying. Okay. Um, uh, you know, you would need your normal amount. You don't need five cases. Um, canned goods, having a two-week supply of canned goods on hand is always a good idea, whether it's a, a winter storm or COVID. Also, having um, two weeks of supply of prescriptions, making sure you're not low on your prescriptions, copies of any electronic medical records or important documentation, keep that safe. Um, certainly, soap, uh, some hand sanitizer, not a bad thing, but you don't need to buy cases of it. And then... Um, you know, maybe some cash on hand if you need to buy some groceries and, you know, anything else. I don't recommend people go out and <clears throat> spend hundreds of dollars above and beyond what they would normally buy. Thank you to Upstate's Director of Emergency Management, Chris Dunham. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.